You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. You're listening to episode 161 of the Well Woman podcast. You are tuning in to the episode about sperm health and male fertility. Oh, this has been a topic I've wanted to have on the show for such a long, 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 long time. As a fertility educator myself, I find it such an important topic to talk about with women and all bodies and genders and everyone who identifies in any way, shape or form. When you're thinking about fertility in any way, we need to be having conversations about sperm health and male fertility. Now, today I'm joined on the show by Sophia Pavia and Sophia has an amazing passion for women's health and women's fertility. She's really all about empowering women to embrace their bodies and achieve their healthiest levels of health. She's also similar to me that she's unapologetic about food and despises restrictive diets and food shame. Now, she has her nutritional degree and she actually got this from one of the world's foremost naturopathic medical schools. And because of this, she was able to learn the beautiful balance between science and the real world experience. And because of that, she brings an expert level of care to all women who desire healthy bodies and healthy babies. But as you know, to make babies, we also need the male component. And that's what we're talking about here in this particular episode. We're chatting about sperm health and male fertility. Now, Sophia specializes in ovulation and general fertility care, and she's helped hundreds of women nourish their bodies and build beautiful families. And I couldn't have thought of a better person to have this conversation with, because as you listen to this episode, you'll be laughing and smiling, but also learning a lot. In this episode, we chat all about men's health and the importance for fertility for men. We chat about sperm health itself. Why is sperm health actually important? How does sperm health change? What impacts the health of sperm and the health of male fertility? We talk about males' role in fertility health. And so what part can they play in this particular journey of fertility? We chat about how to check sperm health, how you can look into your health as a male. We talk about what harms sperm and the health of sperm. Also, the life of sperm. We learn so much about the different parts of your bodies which contribute to sperm health, how we can you know, have hot testicles and how we can cool them down. We talk about DNA fragmentation. We talk about sperm analysis. We talk about nutrients that are important, the organs that support healthy sperm production. This is a really beautiful episode. I absolutely loved recording this with Sophia, and I know that you are going to love it just as much. Today's episode is brought to you by my five-day Love Your Cycle mini course. Are you new to getting to know your own menstrual cycle? Would you like to understand it in a better way and know how to live as a cyclical woman? Well, this is the simplified self-paced course for you. It teaches you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week. Receive daily educational class videos and audios along with the action steps, a cycle tracking guide, cycle prompts, and my Love Your Cycle 50-page ebook and audiobook. This is your chance to discover everything you wish they had taught you at school about your cycle, how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions, and identifying PMS and cycle science before they arise. It's now your turn to join over 500 women from all over the world who have taken this course to reclaim and reconnect with their bodies. And you can do this too in under 
pound a week for less than a fancy vegan burger. To learn more, visit wellsome.com forward slash shop. And to thank you for being a listener of the show, use the code CYCLELOVE to save 20% off. Yeah, so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Gemma. Thank you for Gemma's being one of my here. favorite names, by the way. Oh, really? My, uh, yes, my nieces, they have their baby doll named Gemma, Gemma Baby. And so oh, I love that. I was just talking about Gemma Baby with one of my nieces this morning. She was telling me that Gemma Baby needed cream because she was itchy. <laughs> I love my it. My nieces, she'll be two in June. And, um, and my sister's having another baby uh, in the fall. And so they gave her Gemma baby so that she has her baby. So she's been taking care of this Gemma baby. Oh, that's so I love cute. that name. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, it's not a name. It's, it's kind of a common name, but it's not really common. Not many people have... Oh yeah. And that's the, that's, what's beautiful about it is it's not, people aren't like a a Jima, Jima. How do you, what, how does that, it's just like Gemma really easy. People aren't, you know, struggling to understand, but you're not in class with like six other Gemmas. Yes, exactly. Really perfect example. That was Um, my life being a Sophia growing up. Now you can't, you know, go get your mail without running into five Sophias. I have had (laughs) such an impact on this generation of babies that so many babies are named Sophia. They're all just strangers. So just naming their babies after me, it's really, really been such a compliment. Mm, What an honor. (laughs) Thank you for being here though. Um, I'm really excited for our topic today because it's not really ever talked about, especially between women. So I think, or yeah. anyone actually don't think it talks, talks about, but tell us what day of your cycle are you on and how are you checking in today? How are you feeling? So if we go by the lunar cycle, uh, Gemma has informed me that I would be on day 18 of my cycle. Oh, I love it. Thank you for sharing where you're at now. Yeah. Before we dive into our topic today, chatting all things like sperm health, which is an interesting yes. topic, who are you? For everyone who's listening to this is like, so, I don't even know who this Sophia is and why there's so many Sophias <laughs> in the world, but who are you and how did you become the TTC nutritionist on Instagram? Yeah. So that is my Instagram handle is ttc.nutritionist. And, um, well, I became that on Instagram because when the world started shutting down in 2020, I needed, I couldn't see patients in on my office anymore. Um, and I wanted a way to reach more people. And I, I, in my office working the way that I was, I was seeing, you know, one-on-one patients only, and you're just so limited in what you can do there. It's wonderful because you can take one person and really increase their level of awareness and health and everything like that. But what if I could take 30,000 people and help them just a little bit? And uh, so that's why I took my practice online. That's why I started my Instagram account. And um, I also have a podcast called Food Freedom Fertility that I co-host with uh, one of my best friends, Caitlin, um, who is also a fertility dietitian and her specialty is PCOS. So, um, but how I got to be here, you know, the quick version is I got my nutrition degree from a naturopathic medical school. Uh, I did my supervised practice. I decided I didn't love working in hospitals. I didn't love working in community clinics and I didn't love food service, which are sort of like the three branches that they show you are possible. 
And so I wanted to work with people in a different way. And as I started down that road, um, I was working in athletics and one of my athletes wanted to have a baby. And she was like, I know this isn't, you know, like your specialty, but can you help me? I'm not really having my period. Um, and so I just gave her what I knew, which was more than what she knew. And so I was like, I gave her, you know, full disclosure, I, I'm learning about this too. Uh, and she started having her cycle, got pregnant, had a baby. And at that time I was freaking hooked. That was it. Helping someone who wanted to be a mother use nutrition to get pregnant. That's That's as good as it gets for me. That's truly my heaven, my Nirvana, my favorite thing is bringing people into the space where their dreams are coming true and they're able to become moms. And there's just nothing better than seeing those two pink lines, then seeing that first ultrasound pick, then seeing those little baby feet when they're born. That is my favorite thing. And so that's uh, sort of how I started doing what I'm doing. After that, I just dove headfirst into every course I could take, every book I could read, every other dietitian I could work under and apprentice with, every summit I could go to, anything that I could do to learn more about hormonal health and fertility, I was doing it. And so oh. that's how I got to be where I am. I thank you for sharing your story. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Especially the example of working with the athlete, because I think today, if we focus on like the world of 2022 versus the world of 2019 or the world mm -hmm. of 2017, I think athlete, female athletes, born menstrual athletes, have a lot more awareness of the importance of actually having a bleed, you know, if you are they do. a lot than what they Yeah, I had. think so. I'm a, I've been sort of out of that world for a little bit. But like when I was in it, people were almost like, I'm not having my period, yay. Like, yeah. I don't have to try to like change my tampon in between like swim events. I don't have to worry about like bleeding through my gymnastics leotard or like. It's one less thing with, they don't have to deal with. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Or like starting my period on a race day. They were like pumped that they weren't having their cycle back when I was working in that world. But hey, you're in this world too. And I love yeah. it now. Um, thank you yeah. for sharing how you got here and that, like that journey. Sure. It's so beautiful. And as you know, everyone can hear you work with females. Like I work with females. I don't work with male clients. I, I work love with working with clients. the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't working with guys. I don't, it's not that I don't care because I do care. I love men. I'm married to one. I, I care greatly about their health and well-being. It's just, you like the jam and the ladies. <laughs> yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to talk about your penis. I don't want to talk about your testicles. I don't want to hear <laughs> about your ejaculation. It's just makes me want to giggle and yeah. I don't like it. I, I would so much rather talk to a woman about her vagina and her ovaries and her menstrual flow and her oh. cervical mucus. That is something I am comfortable talking about, talking about your Penis your bull bag. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk about your foreskin. I don't want to hear about it. And so that is an obstacle if you're going to be working in men's reproductive health. So <laughs> I don't, 
I don't claim to be the lady who helps men. All right. Have I helped men? Yes. Is that an important part of the puzzle? Yes. But the angle that I take, what I want to share with you today on this podcast, you're probably listening to, like, she just said, she's not a men's health expert. (laughs) Why the hell is she talking about this? Um, is women tend to be in the family, in the relationship. We kind of have our finger on the pulse of the family's health. We are the ones scheduling the doctor's appointments. We are the ones noticing when something isn't quite right. We are the ones often doing the shopping, doing the meal planning. We are the ones sort of structuring the nourishment of the home. We're the ones sort of taking that on. And, you know, some there's varying degrees of this. Uh, In some households, we're like baking bread from scratch and like doing all these wonderful kitchen things. And other households, we're just the one who makes the final say about where we're getting takeout tonight. And he's saying, where do you want to eat for dinner? And, you know, you're the one that's saying yes or no to a certain kind of food. And anywhere in between. But women, especially in the fertility space, tend to be the ones who are sort of pushing things forward in the ones that are making steps towards healthier food, healthier meals, healthier fertility. So that's sort of the angle that I take in talking about men's health is Mm. I'm not speaking to the dudes here. I'm talking to you, the woman who is kind of the keeper of the health of your home. And you're the one who might be making some meals for your partner. You might be the one who's doing some shopping. Um, You might be the one who is interested in learning about this kind of thing. Whereas he is more interested in learning about the new cryptocurrency metaverse. (laughs) And you're just like, you're ready to snore when he talks about that. Um, But (laughs) he's ready to snore when you talk about antioxidants and berries so yeah yeah. no I think it's a really good foundation thank you so much for speaking to that and for everyone who's listening I think it's this is going to be a really great um, informational episode for you to share with those in your life and I, I really do feel it's always the females who take the first step in learning about fertility because the baby thing happens in their body so like mm-hmm. it's really about them first but I really feel with all of my work in natural contraception and family planning is that the males have a huge role too. And we can't, especially in heterosexual relationships, or even if you're like lesbians and you've got a male donor, the sperm health and the the role of the male's health is really important. Would you agree? It is so important. And data is coming out to show it's far more important than we realized to begin with, because it sort of seems like, what does he do? He like drops his sperm off and then that's the end of it. And it either makes me pregnant or not. And then everything else beyond that is my body. Um, but we see that that is not at all true because our bodies respond to everything in the semen, not just a sperm that women are absorbing everything in the semen, not just the sperm and your partner's health greatly impacts the health of your baby, his genetics, his genetic material inside of that sperm and everything going on in that semen greatly impacts the health of your baby. And it's not just whatever sperm gets there is the winner. And that's the end. There is so much more to it. And so his health I mean, and even beyond sperm health, because the point is to be 
you know, you be a mom and him be a dad, you know, you guys want to be a family. And so you want to be partnered with somebody that is taking his health seriously and contributing to his well-being. You want to be partnered with somebody that is going to live long enough to care for these children and who is going to be an active participating dad. Um, and I just think it's time that we as women sort of start realizing that that's who these guys are. That's really who they are. Cause I see a lot of pop culture really just making men seem like buffoons, the Homer Simpson, the Ray Romano, the kind of, he's just some sex happy fool. Who's just bumbling through life and he's not to be respected. And you have to be the mommy to him and the kids. And he's just going to do whatever feels good and then play video games and then fall asleep on the couch. And I do not see that actually playing out in the lives of the families and women that I work with. I see that these men want to be dads, that they are willing, ready, able to make hard choices, make sacrifices for their family, that they are going to be the ones that step up and do what's hard so that it's easier on the woman, easier on the wife, easier on the mom. And when we start treating men this way and expecting this of them and, and really treating them as though they are capable and they are respectable and they can rise to this occasion, they do. And so I also sort of want to break the narrative that he's, your guy is just going to like pop a dip in and like drink a beer and eat Doritos for dinner. And like, that's all we can hope for from him. There's because so that's much opportunity. Not <laughs> it's not. And I've seen the, the same too, Sophia, that a lot of men are waking up and they're becoming a lot more conscious and they're becoming a lot more aware, aware of their role, which I think is really, really beautiful. Oh, um, yeah. So let's talk about the health of the sperm itself. Um, I know you mentioned before that women absorb everything in the semen, not just the sperm. So, well, I mean, you know, obviously some of it comes out, like if you've ever had sex, (laughs) you know, not all of that gets absorbed. You scurry into the bathroom, trying not to laugh. (laughs) I love the honesty here. So what did you like, what else is there firstly in semen? What else is there aside from just sperm? So when we talk about the actual act of conception, you know, one sperm penetrating the one egg and division beginning. Yeah. It does come down to one sperm and one egg, but everything leading up to that conception is a team sport. It's not just the one sperm going, it's the health of all the sperm around that one sperm. It's them all sort of relying on each other and some of them dying along the way so that their comrade can continue. And um, the general health, the antioxidant quality of the semen, um, the pH of the semen, and the general nutritive quality of that semen, as well as is there toxins involved? Um, Are there carcinogens that that your partner is regularly consuming? Um, As much as we like to think of men as these like big, strong creatures. What's the one part on them that's super sensitive and not big and strong testicles, right? If, if you need to drop a man twice your size, (laughs) a shot to the pills is going to drop into his knees, no matter who he is and extend that analogy 
outward. Sperm are sensitive. They are fragile. There's a reason that they are made in testicles, which are outside of the body because they need very specific conditions, just the right temperature, just the right blood flow. Everything has to be just right in order for these sperm to be healthy. And this is part of why men make new sperm continually. Uh, eggs, in, you know, in a, in a woman's body, eggs are much more hardy. They are able to sort of heal. They're, a, they're protected inside in their primordial state inside the ovary before they're ready to ovulate. There is a lot more regenerative capability to an egg, whereas a sperm really has none. They are sensitive. And when it comes to sperm being made, anything that would harm the body, it's really the sperm that are gonna be harmed first. So when we think about things like drinking alcohol, smoking cannabis, using tobacco, vaping, um, and, and then even things that aren't these like recreational activities, but like exposure to paint fumes and car exhaust and, all these, you know, fire burn pits and all of this kind of stuff that can come at you in life, these things also impact the health of the sperm and the quality of the semen. And we see when you actually do a chemical analysis of the semen, it's almost like doing like a hair analysis. When you see all the different things that this man has been exposed to, it gets into the semen and the semen gets into the woman and then the woman makes the baby. So we see that this sort of thought that it's just the single sperm somehow makes it through. And as long as he's healthy, everything's fine. It really doesn't work like that. And men actually have a huge role to play in the ultimate health of the baby. And this is another Such reason why- we can sort of ex expect our men to sort of rise up, that they really will take this seriously because listeners, those of you that have had tragic pregnancy outcomes, those of you that have lost pregnancies, that have lost babies, that have gone through that incredibly traumatic, very sad reality that, that does happen as a part of the fertility and women's health world, your partner is right there with you. He's not like, uh, are you, are you almost done? Because I'm getting hungry. Like his heart is broken with you and he would do anything to protect you from that happening again. He sees how much it hurts and men, you know, perhaps grieve and experience these things in a different way than we do. So they maybe don't out where they're not like crying and falling to their knees at work. Like we maybe are, but like, they want to do their part to protect you from having that happen again. Mm. And um, there is more that go that they can do than we initially thought. It's not just like pregnancy loss is a women's problem. Infertility is a woman's problem. These things, both partners health is vitally important mm. in making and, a healthy baby. And infertility can be affecting men like men can be infertile too it's not just women Yeah, like 40 percent of it is yeah, is men exactly. a huge percentage of it with the <laughs> only problem is the sperm yeah yeah and i think that does happen i think that's what such a, a great like segue and topic to discuss around like well if you're in that preconception planning phase and i understand not mm -hmm. all couples you don't even have to be a couple to have a baby but all those who are planning on having a child 
not everyone gets the opportunity to have preconception care because maybe you have a surprise baby and that's beautiful too. Yeah, about half of pregnancies are unplanned, mm. at least the last data that I saw on the subject. So if someone had the opportunity to do some preconception planning or preconception processing and looking at what they can actually do to explore their own fertility health, as a man, what could a man do for their side of the responsibility for sperm health and sperm checking? Like, what would you recommend? Well, like I said before, the first things to look at is like, okay, what's openly harming my sperm? Like, let's, before we start talking about what can sort of help it and make it healthier, what could I be doing that's like actively hurting it? And so those are things like smoking of anything. It's never healthy to smoke. It's not healthy to breathe smoke into your lungs. All right. I don't, I don't care who you are. Um, it's not good for your body to be inhaling smoke, whether it's tobacco or cannabis, tobacco tends to be more the problem because people use way more, you know, you smoke way more cigarettes than you ever would smoke of marijuana. Like the volume is quite different. Um, but when we look at the data, men that are smoking a lot of cannabis too, that can, basically you're exposing your lungs, your heart, your circulatory system, and by extension, your testicles to these free radicals, this oxidative damage, and um, your sperm are not able to recover. Your lungs can heal, your heart can heal, your circulatory system heals, the effects of the cannabis eventually wear off, the sperm can't recover. So that is a big thing is smoking. And again, listeners, the poison's in the dose, okay? So if he's like puffing a joint once a year at a concert, like, okay, that's not the reason that he's having sperm trouble. Okay. That's nothing. (laughs) Two puffs once a year, not the problem. But is this something that's happening multiple times a week? Is this something that's happening multiple times a month? Um, How much exposure does he have to these things? And when it comes to tobacco, it's not just the smoke either. Um, like smokeless tobacco, the dip or those little packets you put in your mouth. There's a, there's a lot of like weird delivery systems for nicotine these days, and none of them are good for health. None of them are good for your sperm. So um, anything like that. And, and men often don't think that, but I see all the time in my practice, they'll have a semen analysis that's not looking good, or they'll have a semen analysis that's looking maybe okay, but there's other problems when it comes to conception, either pregnancy isn't happening or healthy pregnancy isn't happening and there's recurrent losses and there's other things. And when we remove the tobacco, remove the smoke or remove the vaping, suddenly the system starts working so much better. So those are things right away to look at. And another one is alcohol consumption. Alcohol really stresses out your liver, which is an organ that processes all of your other hormones. And so when your liver is busy dealing with alcohol, it's not doing its other jobs and keeping your organs healthy, keeping your testicles healthy. So again, the poisons in the dose, all right, having a beer, having a champagne at a wedding, having a wine on Christmas, these things are not what are causing the problem. But if we're looking at multiple times a week, or we're looking at when there is alcohol being consumed, we're binge drinking and there's many drinks being consumed. So either really it's really frequent or it's a lot of volume. 
or I do see both. They're drinking a lot and they're drinking a lot regularly. Um, that is something that can really impact your sperm health. So that's what I consider like low hanging fruit, you know, no pun intended, low hanging, but, uh, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that you can, uh, start to do right away, um, to begin to improve your sperm health, because that's the stuff that's like actively working against you. And, um, when it comes to behavior, some other things that men don't think about, or, or women don't think about testicles need to stay cool. So having like your hot laptop on your lap while you play Skyrim for five hours every night or while you work all day long, that is going to make an inhospitable environment for your sperm. So you want your testicles to stay cool. So not having your phone in your front pocket, not keeping the laptop on your lap, putting it on a desk or a table in front of you. And then certain things like, um, if you're a cyclist or if your partner's a cyclist, I've had patients where they love to ride the bike and they're wearing like black bike shorts with their balls smashed to their hot, sweaty leg, freaking sun baking down on their package as they do like a 79 mile ride <laughs> up the mountain. And I'm like, okay, that is a lot of heat and a lot of pressure. That's a sauna pack of that one. <laughs> that it, it is, it, but they were, they're, they're like, I'm so healthy. I eat right. I exercise. What's the deal. And I'm like, it's those long mountain bike rides with your testicles in those compression shorts jammed up against your hot, sweaty leg with the sun beating down on that black bike seat, beating down on those black compression shorts. That's too hot for those sperm. So changing up your training, maybe doing, you know, a swim instead of a bike, doing some weight training, wearing some looser shorts, um, and avoiding the bike on those really hot and sunny days where the sun is going to be like bouncing off your junk, making it super hot. <laughs> Such important points. This it's... is why I can't be men's health. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. We've all seen it now, but it's yeah. that, like you said, it's very often forgotten about and it's outside of the body to stay cool. And men normally exactly. run hotter in their body temperature mm-hmm. than females anyway. And so let it cool down, like give it a breeze. If you need a personal exactly. fan, so, a personal so cutting back on the amount of time that you're wearing like compression shorts and stuff. Mm. And I get it. You know, some guys, they like doing jujitsu and like, they didn't want everything swinging out the bottom of their pants while they're wrestling another man. And, and, um, you know, we're lifting and squatting and doing what they do. Uh, and so, you know, an hour a day of compression shorts is probably not going to be too, too horrible, but you don't want to be wearing them a lot. And like I said, that 79 mile race where you're in the sun for like hours on end in those compression shorts, that's going to be something that you want to avoid mm. um, while you're planning to get pregnant. Beautiful. Thank you so much for speaking to that. Keep your testes cool, guys. Keep them cool. Cool as a cucumber. Test a cool. (laughs) I love that. So if, um, like back to the preconception talk, um, often if we think of the female, it's, you know, you might go to the doctor, you might get your HCG levels tested, you might look Mm -hmm. at your overall cycle health. That's what the females can do. We're focusing on the men. Would you recommend a man going to a, like a doctor or a naturopathic doctor and getting 
an overall health analysis? Would you recommend them Absolutely. getting their semen tested and like so, how healthy are the swimmers? Yeah, that is an important piece of it. And when we're getting ready to have a baby, this makes a really important kind of moment in a man's life, a woman's life, a couple's life where you kind of start to look beyond yourself and you're like, okay, like what is my overall actual health doing? Cause before that you're kind of like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. What? I went to the doctor when I broke my ankle. I went to the doctor when I had a sinus infection. Other than that, I'm young, I'm healthy. I'm not really going to the doctor very much. And so it kind of brings up a time when it's worthwhile to do just a general what's going on. What's your cholesterol looking like? What's your complete blood panel looking like? Um, What is your vitamin D looking like? How's your blood pressure? Just sort of these general checking up on your health, making sure everything is working well, because when we're in a situation where our vital organs are not functioning well, we're going to see an impact in your fertility because it's sort of low on the totem pole. Your body's priority is to keep like your brain, your heart, your liver, your lungs functioning. And if even those organs are kind of struggling due to something that's going on with you health-wise, you're gonna see that trickle down effect and see that your sperm is not doing so hot either. So it's always a great idea that if you haven't seen a doctor, you haven't just had a general checkup to make sure things are looking good, get that looked at. Um, And then if you and your partner are having any trouble at all conceiving, I see a semen analysis as frontline because in my opinion, I know everyone has different religious beliefs and different thoughts around, you know, penises and what they should and shouldn't be doing. Um, But in my opinion, a semen analysis test is very non-invasive compared to some of the testing that goes on in women's bodies. I completely agree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so if that is potentially the issue, get that checked first and foremost, before you're having her have to flush this dye up her fallopian tubes, before she's having a wand shoved in her vagina to look at her ovaries, before we're doing any sort of invasive procedures, medications, anything like that, make sure that just do a cursory look that there's enough volume, that there's enough count, that there's enough motility, you know, and you can even look at what's the DNA fragmentation. What's the DNA doing in this semen, in this sperm? Um, That is something that I recommend anytime you and your partner feel like we've been trying to conceive and it's not working. Clinically, that timeline is a year. If you've had well-timed intercourse for one year, meaning you're timing sex with ovulation and you haven't become pregnant, that's when the medical world says, let's look at that semen. I'm like medical world. Why do we have to wait so long? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think part of it is they think we're bing bongs and that we can't know when we're ovulating and we just. Oh, totally. And another part of it is, you know, even the healthiest couples not every egg is a queen and not every sperm is a king. And sometimes they don't find each other. Sometimes they do find each other and something goes wrong immediately. And that's a part of life. And so Mm. it's completely normal for it to take several cycles to get pregnant. It is not alarming at all, but each couple sort of has their own timeline, has their own level of comfort with how long they want to wait on things. 
And don't discount your intuition, your gut. If something is telling you just some, it's, it's just not right. Go get checked out. Follow that because mm. it could be something as simple as changing up his diet, reducing the amount of recreational substances he's using. And there can be some really simple fixes, or at times there are medical conditions like testicular varices where the circulation to the testicles isn't right. And they're too hot, or they're not getting enough blood flow And a very simple medical procedure can remedy that. And, you know, no matter how much antioxidants you eat, you know, we can get into that in a minute, but no matter how healthy you're living, if anatomically the testicles can't make sperm or aren't connected properly to the penis and the sperm can't get out, or there's some sort of testicular reflux where the ejaculation is going into the bladder instead of out of the penis. Um, these are very real medical conditions. And it, I would just hate for you to wait a year and go through all this invasive testing on the woman's side, just to find out that's something that an outpatient procedure could fix that could have been done months ago. Mm. And so that's why I say, I recommend get it done sooner a year medically. And, and, you know, if you're 22 years old and you've got all the time in the world and you you just want to have great sex and make a baby when the time comes a year is a beautiful timeline and you do not need to feel any bit of pressure. You don't need to feel any bit of worry if the baby isn't made immediately. But if you're older, if you have reasons to think there could be a medical concern, if you have certain risk factors, or if you just have a gut feeling that you can't shake, that something is up, it go sooner than later to get a semen analysis because it's relatively low cost. It's relatively uninvasive and it can be pretty conclusive. I'm interrupting this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my brand new signature membership program, the Well Woman Academy. Would you love to discover your own menstrual cycle, understand ovulation, master menstruation and live cyclically? Well, your menstrual cycle membership is here. The Well Woman Academy is a monthly membership where together we study menstrual cycles, cycle tracking, cycle rituals, contraception, the feminine, eating and moving for your cycle. Yep, it's the number one place to discover how to end cycle signs and PMS for good. For less than $2 a day each month, you'll access over 150 live self-paced educational classes and cyclical specific learning modules across a wide range of formats, including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Not to mention every membership gives back with the menstrual cups to menstruators in need thanks to our commitment with the COVA project. Join me and women from all over the world inside our private Facebook community and online learning portal as we awaken your cycle, reconnect your body and guide you to live in cyclical harmony. Learn more and join us at www.wellsome.com forward slash academy. Would you recommend men doing that if they're into their health I feel like men mm -hmm. who would be really into their health and committed yeah. to their side of the journey would you recommend them even doing that before you you try the conception journey or begin the conception would, journey? um you know I'm sort of a conservative practitioner so I tend to like not want to intervene or give you another thing that you'd have to do so if you want to do that, if you're curious, if you want to know, if you're fine with the fact that your health insurance won't cover it, unless you've been trying a year and you just want to go pay for it yourself, 
um, and just go check this out. Absolutely. Go. It's never too early to take a look, or if you just are a man who's interested in your sperm health and just want to know what's going on, that's completely fine. Um, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't make that recommendation that like you Mm. should be doing this because I would rather have you focus on other things to actually ensure that your sperm are as healthy as they can be, uh, than spending your money on a semen analysis. If funds are limited, I would say spend the money at the farm stand and not on the semen analysis until there's reason to believe that the semen could be a problem. Awesome. So let's talk about standing at the farm stand. Yeah. <laughs> so what would if someone has, let's just say it could be a partner or a man listening to this and they're like, oh, actually, mm-hmm. I've got a few lifestyle factors that could be contributing. I'm riding mm-hmm. my bike every Saturday up that freaking hill. Yeah. Um, I'm riding my bike every day. To yeah. In my so black what would pants. you what would you recommend for for the men? who are in this situation or feel Mm -hmm. intuitively, you know what, I could actually pick up my game a little bit here. What would you recommend they start with for increasing sperm health? So sperm health is body health. And even if you are not at all concerned about your sperm health, everything that I'm going to tell you to do is good to do for you anyway. So there's really nothing here. That's like, Oh, only do this. If you're worried about your sperm, this is good to ensure healthy sperm in everyone. So the first thing, first thing, first thing, first thing is to eat a lot of brightly colored fruits and vegetables. And this is something that I see lacking in men's diets so much. I'll give an example of when I met my husband, my husband is incredibly active. He is very healthy. He has a job that depends exclusively on his ability to perform mentally and physically. And it's a very demanding, highly physical, highly athletic job. And, um, so he's sort of, you know, prides himself on being a healthy guy. He doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke. He just, he's really health focused. And so me being the dietitian, he decided he was going to dazzle me with, you know, what he eats in a day. And he told me, okay, in the morning I have eggs with extra egg whites and a couple packets of oatmeal. And then my snack is usually a protein shake. And then for lunch, I'll have like a burrito or a Subway sandwich. Uh, And then another protein shake after my workout. And then for dinner, I have, uh, I'll have like salmon and rice or like chicken and potatoes. And um, that's, you know, what I eat in a day. And I was like, you didn't name any fruits or vegetables at all. And he just looked at me sort of like blinking. <laughs> he was like, but I did all the other things right, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and nothing, he, nothing he listed was like, I can't believe you eat that. Like nothing was like bad or gross, but it was just that he was sort of didn't have time for fresh produce. It just but was not on his radar. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, unless you count the like one and a half blueberries in that packet of Trader Joe's blueberry oatmeal he's eating, or, you know, whatever sneeze of lettuce they put on your Subway sandwich or the salsa in your burrito, uh, there really was not much fruits or vegetables going on for him at all. And I see this sort of being the way it is for a lot of guys. Um, and they, they think they're eating healthy and by a lot of standards, they are, they're not eating fast food. They're not 
eating convenience foods and snacks and packaged stuff. They're cooking at home, but they're cooking like chicken and potatoes or salmon and rice. And they're not really or like beige. Yeah, everything's beige. beige. Yes. Like let's let's get out there and maybe try orange. Exactly. Close to beige, but just a little bit different. (laughs) That's where I say get some greens mixed into those eggs or have some fresh fruit alongside with it in the morning. Um, have your sandwich, have them load it with vegetables um, or whatever you can do to get more colorful fruits and vegetables in at breakfast, at lunch. Cause oftentimes even the guys that eat vegetables, they don't even have it till dinner. They'll have like some asparagus as like a side dish, or they'll have some tomatoes, tomato sauce, um, which is great. You don't need to not eat those foods. They're wonderful for you, but uh, we need to see more volume. I like to say half your meal, half your plate, colorful produce. And the reason for this is there are nutrients called antioxidants in these brightly colored fruits and vegetables. That's what gives them their bright color. When we eat these antioxidants, they can go directly into your testicles as part of your blood flow and protect that DNA in your sperm from being damaged by life. And that is so vitally important. You want to have a lot of antioxidants and taking it in a supplement because men, for some reason, they're terrible at taking medications amazing at taking supplements. I don't know why, but they will take supplements. They will buy pills and take them. But when it comes to like, but could you eat some strawberries? They're like, Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, cause it's a, you know, you got to buy them. You got to wash them. You got to keep them in the fridge. You got to bring them with you. It, it can be a bit of a, of a hassle. So, um, We want to see a lot of brightly colored fruits and vegetables because those antioxidants specifically in bright red fruits and vegetables, that's what's great for sperm health. Beta carotene, anthocyanin, uh, lycopene. These are the names of the antioxidants that I want to see men eating a lot of when we're working on sperm health. So red peppers, tomatoes, strawberries, raspberries, beetroot, all of these bright red colorful produce items. Those are great. Can't overdo it on those eat them every day. Uh, but bright orange, just as good yellow, just as good white, just as good blue, green, all of these colors should just eat be the on rainbow, just eat, eat the, the rainbow. rainbow and eat a lot of it. When I used to teach, um, kids workshops in a, mm-hmm. My life before I became a menstrual cycle coach was I was a nutritional formulator for, for in a food science formulation warehouse. And um, I, when I taught the kids, I was like, you need to have at least three or more colors on your plate, different colors. And that was like the core foundation. And these kids are now grown up now. And they're like, I still remember every meal's got to have three colors. And I think it's such a simple thing to do, but it's so simple not to do. So exactly. yeah, we can all do that. So that's a really good tip, especially the red foods part. Like you said, it is okay to be simple. Just like my husband, before I met him, his meals were like on repeat and he would eat the same thing. That's fine. I don't care if what you're eating is strawberries every single day. I don't care if the vegetables that you're having is asparagus every single night. It is fine if your meals are simple and on repeat. It is completely fine if you're having chicken and broccoli and chicken and broccoli and chicken and broccoli. (laughs) As long as we're getting those colors on your plate, as long as there's a variety of colors happening throughout the day, 
you can have the same five, six meals that you just repeat all week long. You don't have to turn into friggin' Emerald Lagasse or whatever, because you're trying to have healthy testicles. You can eat, you can still have your sort of automated meals, just include color. And, um, that is probably the most important piece Awesome. beyond that. Uh, blood sugar balance is actually a really big piece of this as well. So this means eating enough protein and balancing it out with enough carbs. So that means we're not eating meals that are like all protein where we're just having like only chicken breast and lettuce for lunch. Uh, but where we're including fat and carbohydrate at every meal as well. So we're balancing it out because I tend to see guys kind of do this too. It's like, they're going to eat their chicken and broccoli, right? And that's going to be their meal all the time. And then when they go eat carbs, they go hard and they eat like a burger and fries and a Coke. And they have like 190 grams of carbohydrate in one meal. And I'm like, Whoa, that is crazy. That's, that's a lot. What I'd rather see is like have the burger with the bun with a side salad for lunch. And then have the fries alongside your chicken and broccoli at dinner, like spread it out, spread out the carbs. Don't eat them all in one meal, all in one sitting, Um, spread them out throughout the day, spread them out. I hope you're listening to this in case you have listened to this episode. I hope you're listening to this part. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And instead of like binging on the carb and restricting the rest of the time, eating them consistently and eating them regularly, you know, and all the better to have low glycemic carbs, all the better to be eating like quinoa and sweet potatoes and squash and fruit and black beans and all of these carbohydrate rich foods that also have a ton of antioxidants and a ton of fiber and a ton of nutrition in them. Uh, But same goes for your French fries and your pasta and your pastries balance it out with protein, fat, and fiber throughout the day. Um, and then I would say the last heavy hitter when it comes to sperm quality, semen quality, uh, is your hydration. You need to be drinking a lot of water. Notice how I use the word water, not coffee, not pre-workout, not Gatorades. (laughs) You need to be drinking water, not diet Cokes, water. You can absolutely have some Gatorade. You can have some diet Coke. You can have coffee. Like you don't have to never have these things, but your primary drink all day long needs to be water. You need to stay hydrated because your semen is almost all water. And if your body is at all dehydrated, it's not going to give your semen the texture that it needs in order to swim up to that egg in a healthy way. And it's going to keep your body from being able to flush out just the toxins that we incur in life. So that's another really important piece. Drink water, actual water. Um, and then the blood sugar balance and the antioxidants. Those are the three biggest themes when it comes awesome. to sperm health. Um, everybody can do those things there. Like I said before, they are very simple, but they're also just super simple not to do. And I think you could also add in, like, look at your lifestyle factors and, you know, take responsibility. Like when we're talking about nutrition, it's those three things, but your mm -hmm. sleep and your stress are huge. What you're doing at work in what your toxic exposure, that's huge. My husband's in the military. 
I shudder to think <laughs> about the things that he's exposed to, like all the time. I know that he, I, I, even the things I've heard of horrible amounts of toxic exposures. Like I'm surprised he's alive. Um, and so some of these things can't be avoided, right? If that's your job and that's how you serve your family, that's how you serve your nation. That's how you contribute to humanity. That's beautiful. And we absolutely need people doing those things, but it means even more so you can't be the guy that's like puffing a joint every day or like knocking back a six pack every weekend or whatever else that you like to do. Your lifestyle needs to be even more healthy because you're exposed to so much in your work. Mm. And I think too is if people listen to this and you're in a heterosexual couple and you live together, the same thing applies for the females with their hormonal health and their fertility health. And so if you do them together as a team, it makes everything so much easier. Yeah, because like who the heck, do you really want to be the woman who's like sitting there drinking a mineral water while your husband's having like a bomb cocktail? No. (laughs) Do you want to be like eating a bell pepper while he's eating Doritos and drinking a beer. No way. Like F that (laughs) I'm not doing this by myself, bro. No way in heck. Uh, and you know, obviously as women, like when we do get pregnant, we need to completely avoid any kind of cannabis, any kind of smoke, any kind of alcohol. And maybe your partner could be, you know, drinking and smoking a little bit, and maybe he doesn't need to completely refrain for 40 whole weeks. You guys decide what works in your relationship. But when we're talking about the preconception time, you want to be in this together because it gets really lonely if you're not, and it gets really bitter if you're not. And uh, so you want to do this together, but at the same time, ladies, Remember how you feel when he's really into something and you kind of don't care about it and he's really pushing you to try to do it doesn't feel very good. And so just because you have come to this sort of awakening and health realization and you have decided this is your top priority, it does not mean that that has to be him at this exact moment. He might need some time. He might need to see you modeling this behavior. He might need to see the positive changes happening in your life. And he may need to have, you know, get in relationship with other men that he respects that are also doing this before he feels ready to give up his favorite drink, his favorite snack, his favorite hobby, whatever it is. Just because you're all hot to trot about it doesn't mean that he has to be like exactly at this moment with you either. And I'm so, I say that because I'm so guilty of that. Like, I'll, like I'll be scrolling my phone and like nothing really fun is happening and I'm tired of looking at it and I put it down. And a few minutes later, I'm like looking at him and I'm like, you know, you're really on your phone a lot. <laughs> and I say that because I'm bored of looking in my phone now. It's fine when I'm looking at it, but when I put it down first and now I want you to talk to me, your screen habits are now a problem. And um, so just because you have this vision for your health, for your family, for your fertility, it doesn't mean that he has to have your exact same vision today. And nobody wants to live with a drill sergeant who's like inspecting your snack and like asking what kind of underwear you're wearing. Like just give him some grace and let him sort of come along at his own speed, just like you would want. If he had some kind of thing where he's like, all right, we got to start investing in gold. No more savings account, just buy gold. You would be like, <laughs> what? I don't want to do that. Or like, we're biking, we're 
not using cars anymore in this family. We're only riding bikes. You'd be like, I'm going to, but I do my hair and it's raining. <laughs> yeah. You need to work so, as a team. Give him the same grace that you would want and not totally. just coming in guns a blazing, trying to change his whole life because you heard Sophia say it on the podcast. <laughs> this is such a really important point that I think so many of us forget about is that we can't push things onto others just the same as we don't like being having things pushed onto us as you said so especially in something that you I mean imagine if you didn't believe in it totally you didn't see the value in it because that has happened like you know I love my husband but he is sort of a neat freak and so he'll come up with these like organizational systems in our house and I am like dude I don't care do we like who who cares like what order the shoes are by the door as long as I'm not tripping over them I, I don't want to think about it, but to him, he's like, we got to do the shoes a certain way. And if he really is getting on my butt about making the shoes a certain way, it makes me want to kick the shoes across the room. And it makes me want to be like, I'm putting your shoes in the trash can. And so if I feel like that about something like shoes, imagine how your partner could feel when you're trying to take away his evening bong hit or his evening beer or his morning coffee or his bike ride or whatever, when you start insulting his favorite activities he might start to be like okay crazy I don't want to do this anymore yeah you gotta you gotta lead softly (laughs) that's for sure yeah and model Um, these behaviors because all mm, you can control is you totally and and, um if you're not the one currently who does the cooking and, and shopping and stuff maybe start taking on a night or two a week and incorporating these kinds of foods if you if he's doing lunch on his own uh, the lunches that you guys are together offer to, to do something that has a lot more veggies in it. Um, and, you know, start incorporating them in your life, have them in the house to where he could have them if he wanted to uh, just do the things that you wish someone would do for the habits that you know that you maybe need to be changing. Mm, be a good role model. Wouldn't it be so much easier to floss every day if somebody had, you know, handed you a little flosser after every meal? Totally. I know that that would be easier for me, but when I got to get up and floss, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, exactly. even <laughs> exactly. though I know I need to floss. <laughs> no, you've got such great points. Sophia, such great points. Um, we are almost out of time and I've loved this conversation about scrum health. And I hope everyone who's listening to it has got so much out of it. Like I know I have, um, because it's a topic of fertility that's not openly discussed as much as female fertility. And I think we need to bring more awareness so that we can all work together as teams. Yeah, not a lot of dudes putting podcasts together, talking about their testicle health. <laughs> no, they don't do you they? Don't see, you don't see the male side of this, do you? <laughs> no. I haven't, I haven't heard that guy on the Joe Rogan podcast yet. I haven't heard, it, haven't heard exactly, that guy yet. Exactly. Maybe we can write in. Um, but no, maybe it so. could be me. Oh my God, could you imagine? <laughs> There'll be so many more people named Sophia. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's that's just so yeah, a great idea. Um, but I want to say thank you so much for joining us. I have time for one more question. Absolutely. Um, but before we go there, I know we started out with your Instagram. So is that mm-hmm. the best platform for people to reach you? What's your um your yeah, web address, best... your website? So, so my website is sophiathedietitian.com. I'm Sophia, I'm a dietitian, sophiathedietitian.com. So that's where you can find me on the web. Um, I'm most active on Instagram. Um, then I also have the podcast that I co-host called Food Freedom Fertility. So that is, and you can listen to that on the same platform where you're listening to this. So those are the best ways to contact me. 
into work with me. Um, my current way of helping women is of course the free avenues that I just discussed. I'm on Instagram every day, sharing content. I have my podcast, which is free to listen to. I do actually a free Q and a every Saturday on my Instagram page. Um, and if you're looking for a little more, uh, if you're wanting more than just sort of the general information I put out there, I have two online courses. One is called ovulation unlocked, and that is where I teach not only the anatomy and physiology of ovulation, but I teach a lot of what's going on hormonally and how you can tell what's happening in your body. And I really, really recommend that everyone of menstrual age take this course, especially if you're trying to conceive, because like I said, our medical system wants you to wait a year before you seek medical help. Now, if you are just sort of waiting and don't know what's going on for that year, you could be missing out on a lot when you know if you're ovulating, how long your luteal phase is, how long your follicular phase is, what your periods are like. If you know what your cervical mucus, your cervical position, your basal body temperature, what all these things are doing cycle by cycle, it alerts you far more quickly that there may be a problem and you need to see a medical professional and get some help. It will let you know about this way sooner. So I really recommend that course to anyone and everyone of reproductive age. And then my second course is more involved. That's called fertility nutrition foundations. And that is where I teach all the things that you need to know. I it's everything that's in ovulation unlocked plus how to eat and what to eat. So, so many places you can learn what to eat, right? Eat this, not that avoid this more of that. But then I put it together. How does this actually look? What should your plate be looking like at every meal? How does this work at a celebration when you're traveling at restaurants, at a hotel? How does this work when you're sick? How does this work in your life? And then I also go on to teach about exercise, sleep, self-care, supplements, stress management, uh, working on your relationship with your partner, journaling, meditation. I kind of teach a holistic view of what should any person who wants to have a baby be doing to best support the reproductive system. So whether you are just planning to try to get pregnant in this next year, or whether you've been at it for 10 years and you're looking for answers, this course will have something in there for you. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. I'll include all of those links in the show notes. Now, final podcast question is we're switching gears a little bit, but I'm looking forward to hearing your response is Sophia, I want you to think back to your younger menstruating self when you got your period for the very first time. What are three things that you wish you had have known then that you now know today about your cycle? Oh, you know, I'm the youngest. So I kind of was like used to people having periods around me. So it wasn't really like, I don't know what's going on. Um, I guess I wish I would have known that like this acne is normal and you don't need to be like pursuing major strides to fix it. I spent so much time worrying about what I considered to be acne and looking back, it was like just a couple pimples, like a few times throughout the month. It was nothing to be worried about, but I was so worried about my complexion. So I think that would be a piece of it is that the acne is not a problem. 
I think I would have wanted a bit more confidence. I think I wish I would have had a bit more celebration. There was some members of my family that were not happy that I had my period. I was the youngest. I wasn't a baby anymore now, and they didn't respond very positively to it. And so I wish there would have been, I wish I would have known that this is something to celebrate, that this is wonderful, that this brings life, that this is this is your body coming alive, coming awake. This is you stepping into who you're destined to be, that this is not only normal, but this is wonderful. This is a joy and a gift and you ovulating and having your period is awesome and should be celebrated. And then I think I wish I would have known maybe when it was going to happen, (laughs) that would have been nice. Cause I would think I was sort of like worried that it wasn't happening. And then I was worried that it was. And I think I was just really worried about a lot of things, uh, you know, that it wasn't happening and that it was happening. I think I wish I would have known that this is happening at the right time. And so you don't have to be worried about it. Beautiful. I love asking all of our guests these questions because I'm always like, I wish I knew all of these things too. So thank you so much for sharing. And thank you so much for being here for this episode and chatting all things sperm health. Really, really grateful. And I'm sure all of our listeners are too. Thanks for having me. It's been a joy listening to your Australian voice. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together we can all live in flow, harmony and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.